Hello, Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the pre-show for the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking to Kyle David. He's the CEO of KDG. It's a company that deals with IT security and helps corporations and individuals. And he's going to share a lot of really cool details. And our conversation we had today was pretty smart and uh, give me some great tips on how to protect yourself with security, two-factor identification, et cetera, et cetera. Also, if you're a CEO or board of directors, uh, you know how to educate and work with programs to make your company more prevented against malware attacks, ransomware, et cetera, et cetera. So we get into some of the ransomware stuff and uh, different hackable items that are coming up in today's world and how to protect yourself and everything else. I think you'll love the conversation. I did. So let's get right into Kyle's podcast. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, we're coming here with another exciting podcast. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. You guys are the best audience in the world. We certainly appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for referring your friends, neighbors, and relatives. Be sure to go to youtube.com forward slash Chris Voss. Hit that bell notification button. Tell them to go to Google Play and iTunes and download the show. We certainly appreciate all the wonderful new subscribers we've been getting. So thank you very much that way. And uh, be sure to listen to the end. This show always gets the best at the end. And our YouTube, we have the new Siberian Husky puppy. You can check out those videos and more coming and also all the great reviews, including the new AT&T Samsung Galaxy S9. I have a wonderful, super bestest guest ever. We have the bestest. Maybe I should call it the bestest podcast ever. That's probably taken, actually. <laughs> so uh, we have on the show Kyle David. Uh, Kyle is the CEO of KDG. He's made a career in technology and entrepreneurship for nearly 20 years all starting with a huge opportunity age 14 when a multi-million dollar Philadelphia area IT consulting firm gave him a job. In 2001, he formed KDG, and over the past 17 years, he's grown at a rapid pace, attracting clients ranging from the United States Senate to major financial institutions, international nonprofits, and Division I universities. KDG is rated the number one Fidel Philadelphia area IT provider and the number two Philadelphia area custom software developer by Clutch.co. And KDG has just won the Bronze American Business Award for the IT Department of the Year. Welcome to the show, Kyle. How are you doing, bud? Doing well, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. Good, good. Thanks for coming on. And uh, uh, tell us, uh, give us your plugs so people can look those up during the show. Sure, and thank you. Thank you for the introduction. I assure you it makes me sound uh, quite a bit better than I am. Uh, just like, let's be honest, people are tuning into the show to see the dogs. Hey, I have radio face, so uh, my voice sounds <laughs> much better than I look. So we've got that going, of course. And he here we are. We, we chose to be on video. Uh, but no, uh, uh, so you, you can find us at uh, www.kyledavidgroup.com. Uh, also on all of the uh, relevant social media channels as well. Um, certainly, if you're uh, interested in sort of cutting edge small business and, and uh, emerging enterprise technology, the newsletter on our website is extraordinary. And security is on all our minds lately with all the different things that have happened, the stuff in the election we'll get talking about and everything else. Um, yeah, you, your main focus is, is the, you know, we talked about leading causes of data breaches before the show and how our audience can take and, uh, you know, understand what's going on in the world when it comes to data breaches, security threats, hackers, all that sort of good stuff, and how to keep everyday accidents from turning into unmanageable data breach disasters. So let's talk uh, about some of that and uh, what you want to cover there. Sure. So one of the things that we have been focused on over the past year is really understanding the nexus of data breaches inside of organizations. And we are by no means pioneers on this. Um, IBM is, is really one of the leading pioneers in determining what really causes a data breach. And there's a lot of public misconception that uh, a data breach is something that happens to you by an external aggressor. If you turn on the, the news, you're going to see that, you know, the Russians or the Chinese or some other country is an aggressor and they are, uh, you know, viciously trying to penetrate uh, the networks of, of all uh, U.S. businesses and government and other enterprises. And, and there is some truth to that. 
Um, but in actual fact, uh, most of the time, the biggest threat is the person sitting next to you. Uh, IBM reported that 75% of data breaches are caused by internal forces uh, rather than external forces. Now, anybody that's that's paid attention to the, the topic knows it takes two to tango. Um, and in many cases, it happens um, something like a phishing email, uh, you know, a, a a hacker or a, a foreign entity sends an email to somebody pretending that they are Amazon.com and uh, asks them to log in uh, to their Amazon account uh, in order to, you know, win a gift card or something like that. Oh, there's always some enticement. I mean, it's not just the Saudi oil prince anymore that uh, is going to give you $50 million. The, the, the hackers have gotten quite a bit more creative. Um, but needless to say, the emails in our experience are fairly easily detected. I, I mean, it doesn't take a discerning eye to, to see that, you know, the email is a fake. Uh, yet, without proper training, you've got a lot of people that will click that email, they'll freely give out their password, and before you know it, uh, a, a data breach happens. And so, there's a lot of uh, data security issues that, that can really be mitigated with a strong attention to uh, understanding the internal stakeholders within your organization um, with as much emphasis as many organizations place on their firewalls and antivirus and things of that nature. Does that make sense? Totally. Uh, so so you, you mentioned, you know, some of the phishing stuff. Uh, we saw some of that in the Podesta emails, uh, the hacking of the DNC server. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on with the, you know, uh, I mean, you, you, were, you were talking about how the Russians and, and sometimes the person who's doing the hacking uh, is sitting right next to you. Is that sometimes like a disgruntled employee who's working inside the company and they're, and they're, and they're helping assist the, the, uh, the hacking of data uh, from the company stealing secrets or, or whatnot may be? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, and, and to be clear, you know, again, it, it takes two to tango. So um, the real focus here is on the fact that while there are accidents, you know, always waiting to happen, oftentimes, you know, internal stakeholders walk right into them. Uh, you know, so if you think about like driving a car, you know, we're perpetually focused on car safety and defensive driving and making sure we do not get into an accident. Uh, you know, we take driver's ed and hopefully that sticks for people and they, they go on in their driving career accident free. Uh, when it comes to the workplace, most people don't get that with respect to cybersecurity. They're, they're, they're in a car without a license. They have no idea how to operate the machine, you know, but for driving in a straight line. And so, you know, when another car comes to collide with them, i.e. a phishing email or something like that from a foreign entity, they don't know but to, you know, drive right into it. And that's, you know, when problems happen. So you have, you know, employees who act with all of the best intentions in the world uh, get organizations into hot water. But you also have disgruntled employees that know that they can certainly take advantage uh, of very lax internal security policy at an organization. So it's a double-edged sword, but I do want to come back to what you mentioned uh, with the Podesta emails. And this is a perfect example that we see time and time again. Um, you know, for, for those that don't know, um, it was alleged, and I, I, based on the news that I've seen, it was somewhat confirmed that uh, a foreign entity sent John Podesta, I believe he was the Clinton campaign manager at the time, an email that said, click on this email to reset your Gmail password. Uh, and again, this is the, the case of uh, the driver without a license. Uh, he looked at that email, didn't have the acumen to be able to discern that that email was indeed a fake uh, and willingly gave away his email password. Now, as a high value target, he was probably getting pummeled with those sorts of emails all day long, but didn't take very, very basic security measures in order to make sure that didn't happen. So for example, if he had, you know, had just rudimentary training in making sure uh, that emails are coming from verified senders, that probably never would have happened. But even if he had had something as simple as two-factor email authentication turned on, it never would have happened. And, and, you know, for those that aren't familiar with that term, that's when you log into a website and it sends a text message to your phone for verification. 
Um, it's that one extra step to make sure that uh, the data is safe. In this case, you know, it, it's a perfect example of the insider did the most damage. Uh, he's the one that drove, you know, 90 miles an hour into a brick wall. Um, it's a, in, in our minds, it's really not the brick wall's fault. I mean, they're giving, they're going to be everywhere. Um, and, and you really shouldn't uh, run an organization saying, we're going to do our best job to eliminate brick walls, not train the driver. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, you know. Even my mom, who's in her seventies, you know, uh, she's she's trained herself in, uh, you know, ha- how to look at a link, and I've I've kind of helped to give her advice, you know. E- even I've been guilty of of almost clicking on a link. I think in the old days, like ten years ago, I was guilty of clicking a link every now and then, realizing what I'd done, going and changing my password. Um, one thing I'm getting, I mean, this is this is really becoming. Uh, more and more a thing. I'm sure as an IT professional, you see this all day long. But um, one thing I've been getting recently is a text messages on my phone. um, And they're links to hack my Amazon seller account. Or sometimes it's just my Amazon account. And it's a a constant thing that says, uh, they'll say my Amazon seller account is locked because of some sort of, you know, suspended or locked because of some sort of issue, which uh, you know, Amazon used to do back in the day. Every now and then, if if you didn't keep a certain percentage or there was some sort of uh, issue, maybe the computer triggered something. But uh, I've I started to get these almost every day, uh, and I've been I've been whack-a-mole blocking the numbers. And I've had to call my mom, who I share uh, my Amazon account with. I let her uh, use it. Um, she I probably just got in trouble with <laughs> Amazon, uh, but. But, you know, I've had to let her know, yeah, hey, don't click these links if they come across your cell phone. She's like, why are they targeting you? And I'm like, mom, I'm pretty sure they're just targeting any phone number because they pretty much know that you do business, that you probably do some Amazon, you have an Amazon account. And they're just looking to hack it and, and make some money off of it. Yeah, and that's mobile is the new frontier. Uh, as computer users are becoming a little more savvy, uh, mobile users are usually distracted by virtue of the fact that it's a mobile device. Hopefully they're not driving. Um, but I've seen more than one person walk into a pole or a wall, you know, while trying to text on their phone. So, um, you know, there's attention elsewhere and there's a better potential that somebody's not going to be discerning about what they click on. Now, it's a, it's a falsehood to say you have to be weary of everything that comes through. Um, you know, in actual fact, you know, if you're using a trusted email provider, Gmail is a great one. Um, usually they do a lot of the filtering for you. So you don't okay. worry that, um, you know, every email you get may not be from the sender that's sending it. But uh, again, you know, what we really work with organizations to do is help their employees actually understand, you know, basic, basic, um, you know, uh, security for not just their data, but the company's data as well. It's becoming increasingly popular right now to find the lowest person on the food and chain in a law firm and pummel them John Podesta style to get access to client files um, because you know they're going to be there. We were involved in a case where a low-level office manager uh, at a fairly nice-sized law firm uh, was compromised and with it a lot of confidential you know attorney client privilege files came with her email uh, and the hackers what they they did was they went back to the law firm and said look if you'd like opposing counsel to have these you know press one if you wouldn't like it it's going to cost you a couple thousand bucks um, yeah it, it's bad I mean because particularly with the attorneys they have a standard of care that's higher than the average bear um, and these are the types of things that that happen very commonly. So what we really do is, you know, we break it out into two pieces. You've got your human firewall, everybody that works for you, and you've got your hardware firewall. That's to leave that one to the geeks. And, of course, the, the hardware firewall is to take away as many opportunities as possible for the human firewall to have to react. But if that human firewall isn't there, it's the, they're going to win every time. I mean, um, cybersecurity is a reactive game. And uh, if you don't know how to react appropriately, you're just as strong as your weakest link. And for most organizations, sophisticated ones included, that does certainly include their employees. Yeah, my my uh, the Chris Voss show.com, 
gets constantly pinged. Uh, it's just insane, uh, constantly pinged to try and, um, uh, I don't know if the word is brute force, uh, because they're not, uh, they, they've, I've only had one or two times where they've really made, they're, they're doing a system hit on it uh, and, and trying to trying to find out the, uh, the brute force password, I think is the term. Um, and, and I'm constantly just barraged with the things. One time I turned on the email notifications for, to let me know, you know, how often someone tried to fake login and it just filled up my email and I went, okay, this is going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I can't I can't have this sent to my email anymore. It's good to know, but holy crap! It's uh, in fact I'm trying to find the, the uh, stuff now. You know, it, so let me ask you this because this has been a big question on my mind because I've heard come I've heard of these uh, criminals coming up with these systems that can fake your phone number. How safe is it to be at a two step verification? Two step verification is by no means the pinnacle of safety, but it's better than nothing. Um, Using authenticator applications, um, which are the the systems that effectively scramble a six-digit code every 15 to 20 seconds um, that allow you, again, to verify you are you by using something, a dongle that you put on your key ring or something on your your phone. Um, It gives you an added layer of security that doesn't have to go through the mobile networks. But Actually, it brings up an interesting point. Uh, if you if you pretty much work for any organization now, if you don't have email on your phone, you're really not not an employee. I mean, every organization is a 24-hour organization to some degree at this point, and so many people prefer to communicate by text and email that it's it's only natural for your employees to have their their company email on their phones or use their personal phones for sending text messages to other employees. However, only 30% of organizations have a BYOD, that's a bring your own device policy. And so uh, BYOD is a huge issue because the law is a little bit gray on this uh, unless you have a policy in place. Who really owns the data? So everybody could probably imagine that one employee in their office that probably has way too many games and other sorts of garbage on their phone hey, if they got their company email on there too, guess what might get compromised? Um, having a BYOD policy is extremely important, even in a two-person organization, because it sets rules on where company email can be used and what the company has the ability to do. So um, there's been more than a few uh, court cases where there's been no BYOD policy and the employee has the phone with a ton of very valuable and sensitive data on it and the employer can't really do anything about it. They, they didn't claim ownership over it when the employee became an employee. Uh, so therefore the employee can, you know, walk off with it. You know, more importantly for an organization, if you leave your phone at the airport or your personal computer for that matter that may have company files on it, uh, if the company doesn't have the legal authority to wipe that device out uh, so that it doesn't get into the wrong hands, you know, you've got a big liability on your hands. Um, yeah. I, I'm surprised. I work a lot with PR agents over the years for a lot of the reviews that we do. Um, and it's interesting as the turnover of the, the uh, PR agents happen, uh, they'll leave their emails active. Uh, it's very rare I get a ping back saying this email has been closed. And so I'll be sending for, I don't know, six months emails saying, hey, anything to review? And then and then suddenly someone will pick it up after like a year or two and be like, oh, hey, they're gone, by the way. And I'm just like, you let those emails just pile up and people have been trying to contact you for a year and no one's minding that business and that email's still live. Um, and I imagine that causes some sort of security risk. It's a huge security risk. I mean, you had the case of the, uh, it was an, I believe it was an engineering firm in Tennessee that um, same thing, just kind of emails lumped up in a uh, former employee's inbox. And when that computer was passed to a new employee, about $400,000 worth of information was stolen right off of it immediately. So, um, yeah, I, I, the, these things are, are massive issues. But again, the unfortunate perception in most organizations, even very sophisticated organizations, is that the problem is out there. It's not in here. We're all good people that work for the company. It's the bad people on the outside that are coming for us. And 
in actual fact, it's not not a cause to question, you know, the, the integrity of your coworkers, but it's certainly a cause to question their data security literacy um, and whether or not they have the, the talents to be able to spot potential vulnerabilities and things that just don't look right. And, and companies, you're right, companies need to learn to take and train their employees on, you know, I, I've had people send me blind links and, and I've had to be a jerk and go, I'm sorry, uh, the email, the link that you just emailed me is blind. I can't see what's behind it and I'm not going to click it. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to be a jerk, but that's the way I got to be. Um, I'm looking at the uh, word fence monitors for the uh, for the chrisvoss.com to give you an example. Just in one week, we had over 251 IPs blocked from Russia alone and 322 block counts. Um, and then it goes downhill from there, of course, uh, with uh, more IPs blocked and, and pings of people trying to do it. Now I use two-factor identification logging to the site. You mentioned some of the different services. There's Authy. There's LastPass. Those are popular with me um, in protecting your and your stuff. But yeah, it's it's really hard. Sometimes you get these these emails look so sophisticated, like the real thing from PayPal or Amazon or, or Walmart, um, and, and it's and it's crazy what can happen nowadays. Um, in fact, you might have some uh, uh, things we want to talk about with the Twitter hack that just happened and it pretty much exposed everyone's password on Twitter. Well, yes, and I mean, it just goes to show you that, you know, basic passwords are dead. They, they just, they're not helpful anymore. They, they really provide a, a, a sense of security that is not true. And so, you know, when you have things like the Yahoo breach or you have Twitter, how many people do you know? I, I mean, you know, we're, I'm not going to make fun of everybody's mother, but, um, you know, they got one password they use for everything. So when something is as large as Twitter is hacked or Yahoo is hacked, Think about how many other accounts that person has oh, that yeah. are, are, you know, are, are instantly compromised, and all this information is for sale on the dark web, and and oh, it's yeah. it, it's it's so bad at this point uh, that, quite frankly, a lot of organizations are, are getting something called crypto locked, which uh, you may be familiar with, where all their computers are shut down um, until they pay a ransom to you know a hacker who gained access to their systems, and all of a sudden, uh, all their systems have shut down. Uh, it was cause for, you know, a huge dip in earnings for Merck, the pharmaceutical company. Merck, the shipping company, was out of business for a while. In fact, uh, they were they were tweeting during their outage that they were navigating ships with pen and paper, old school stuff, because they just didn't have, you know, computer systems at that point. Yeah. So, you know, the, these, these large-scale hacks are a threat to everybody, but it just emphasizes that password security isn't enough. So if you're thinking to yourself, man, I get into all of my, you know, work systems or, or, you know, organization systems with just a password, um, there should be that tingling feeling in your stomach that it's probably time to upgrade and educate yourself a little bit more on, you know, how to be a better, uh, you know, steward of your own data. And, yeah. and to that effect, um, it only takes one person to dump every file out. Um, wow. You know, so, uh, again, you know, we see these things quite often. Yeah, ransomware has become quite huge. We're hearing a lot about it. Uh, some companies don't even talk about it, so we don't even know it takes place. Uber was someone who hit it for a while, and then the PR backlash was even bit wider. Uh, I think Equifax was uh, also someone who hit it for a while. They come out and initially tell people that, hey, your password's been compromised. Um, Twitter's action by having a text file exposed, a text file of passwords. Like, what, who does that anymore? Um, but recently we heard about uh, hospitals getting ransomware, and I believe there was a 9-11 service center, a 911 service center that got hacked. And, you know, here are these people responding to emergencies, life and death of people and stuff. And they, they actually rebuilt their software uh, because they didn't want to pay the ransomware fee or something along those lines. Yeah, and again, this stuff is becoming more and more popular. Uh, it's becoming popular because it works. Mm -hmm. uh, and it works not because all of these you know organizations didn't have up-to-date antivirus and, and you know fairly decent security protocols. They worked because people are, are not always perfect. Um, and you know very little time is spent on training people, hey, 
don't click that link. Hey, this is a bad idea. Um, you know, things of that nature. Um, one of the services that we offer that's been wildly popular is something called our HR help desk. Uh, everybody is always afraid of IT. Um, you know, I, IT is, is that, that sort of uh, corner uh, part of the building or, or that outside third party that you can only talk to in, if there's a dire emergency or your computer's melting on your desk. And what we've done instead is worked collaboratively with HR departments to help onboard employees so that they're immediately set up for, for data hygiene success um, from the day they start. And they also have somebody to call 24 seven, 365, that's gonna pick up the phone and, and help them through a situation that they go, I don't know if this is actually real or not, or uh, I'm not, maybe uh, I'm not doing the right thing with these files by storing them on my local drive instead of a network drive. Uh, it's become wildly popular because it acts as a backstop for that human firewall instead of asking people to kind of self-train themselves or go to a seminar and then hope to God it actually sticks. Um, the continual training is really good at reinforcing good data security behaviors. Um, and the other thing we do with that is we actually monitor bad behaviors. So with a little piece of software on the person's computer, we can tell, hey, are they leaving their computer unlocked and unattended? Are they spending time on Facebook or Twitter or, you know, God knows what for non-company reasons? Um, we're not, you know, recording their screen and looking over their shoulder, but we're certainly able to tell that, hey, you know, Jenny in accounting spent two hours on Facebook the other day. Uh, maybe we should block that. And, and that's kind of where our <laughs> component comes in because we can tell real quick who are the weakest links in that human firewall. Um, and, and Facebook has a lot of, um, um, I, I'm not, I, think, I forget the term of it, but they have a lot of those clickbait links that can come to you across Messenger uh, where you click it, it will give them access to the to at least your Facebook account, and they can start messing with it and then hacking it through the app. And they, may, I don't know what exposures they can do beyond that. Yeah, I, I'm going to steal the uh, quote from somebody whose name I can't remember, but I, I was at a seminar somewhere, and somebody said, "You know, the every data security problem starts with the phrase just this once. Just you know, this once. Just this once. I'm going to click that link. You know, maybe maybe I will win the the fifty dollar Amazon gift card." Or, you know, maybe uh, this is legitimate or not. Um, and, you know, before you know, you're, you're toast. Yeah, and there and then there are people that they fall for that every time. My sister is one of them. My sister will <laughs> click every free coupon link. I remember one time I went and cleaned her computer, and there was like ten thousand virus, you know, worm, whatever. I mean, it it just her her computer shut down, and then she had like ten tabs of these you know, these tab things that they give you and, and, uh, you know, different, different tabs and, and clearly they're tracking tabs, coupon tabs and all this sort of, and there's people that they just love that stuff. <laughs> they just, she'll click on anything, you know, free $50 gift card, Amazon, whatever. It's a link, click it, you know? And so, yeah, you've got to have these, these things for people. And, uh, you know, I've, one of my problems that I have is, um, I've been I've been a part of the Walmart hack. Uh, there's a whole list of them. In fact, I, I forget the name of the service that I have. It's a free service some guy made where he lets you know when your name goes up on the dark web uh, and your password and stuff. And he kind of he'll tell you, well, that's part of the Walmart hack. In fact, I can go into his thing and I can look up which companies hack my path or you know expose my password. And the sad part is every time I get an email that says from him that says your login and password are now up on the dark web somewhere, uh, I get this pounding of those your password reset emails of people that are clearly going, oh hey, what's this this guy's thing? And they're 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 testing to see if I never changed that password. It happens like every time I see the thing go up, I'm just like, oh my god, I'm gonna get all the emails. Um, password reset emails I'll get every now and then, and I'm just like, oh my god. Uh, one thing that people don't realize, and and maybe you'll give some information about this, is LinkedIn. You know, on LinkedIn, you can give out your email, and people get access to your email. Uh, when I when I take and interact with you on LinkedIn, I get access to your email. Sometimes your email is exposed on there, or you put it out, and uh, you know that gives people a first step to try and hack you in. 
absolutely, Chris. And and what what is even you know even worse is that a lot of people um, you know perhaps like your sister who are trying to get something on the web um, usually for free. There's always some enticement to give away your personal information, but a lot of times the questions that are being asked are the answers to challenge questions. So you know a, a less than legitimate website may ask for things like your mother's maiden name. What's your anniversary? What are your kids' names? And, and it may ask for them in a veiled uh, way instead of just saying, hey, what's your mother's maiden name? Uh, it'll couch it in a bunch of other you know, seemingly innocuous questions. And mm. all of a sudden, you they've got all of your password challenge questions. Yeah. Those are just so common. So when you see something on, on you know, Have I Been Pawned is, is perhaps one of the websites that yes, you that's find it. if you're on the dark web. Well, what happens is, again, these folks are not dumb. So they'll, they'll look at and they'll say, hey, here's an email I know that has a J.P. Morgan Chase account. Here are the 10 challenge questions for J.P. Morgan Chase. Wow. We're going to strategically pummel those people until we get their challenge questions and then gain access. And when wow. you're dealing with a sample size of 100,000 you know, uh, potential accounts, all you need is you know, a half percent and you're, you're rolling the dough. I suppose if you really want to get into someone's account too, you can look at like their Facebook or Twitter and you can find things about them, like the names of their dogs, uh, hometowns, where they went to high school. Um, I always kind of giggle anytime I see, I think there's a couple of companies that annually publish the top bad passwords that you have. And, and it's just amazing. You know, like princess is one of them (laughs) that people use and, and, and you know, I, I always love that. I always remind you of that joke from the movie. Uh, uh, what was the movie? Uh, Spaceballs. Space yeah. The <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. That's the code for my luggage. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's true. I mean, and that's you know, you're you're dealing with the ultra you know primitive as far as security concerned when you're using you know such rudimentary or dictionary based passwords. Yeah, and I've watched the, I've seen the hashing computers that they have that can process like, you know, I don't know what it is, but it's like millions of of passwords and and uh, and and password combinations, and they literally start from like I don't know one, two, three, four, and then just and it goes through every combination. And I guess a lot of the hashing things, they kind of know the most popular idiot passwords that people use. Um, <laughs> And it's, 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 you know, it's interesting to me what the future is going to be because uh, a lot of people have said that the, there's not going to be world wars in the future that we fight with guns and battles. It's going to be cyber war. Uh, and certainly, you know, we've heard of, uh, I mean, most people have no idea that our nuclear systems uh, right now, our nuclear power plants are constantly barraged. I mean, I think the Chris Voss show is barraged. They're constantly barraged with hacking. In fact, there was a report recently that Russian had gained some access to some of the areas of the computer stuff. And if they could throw a reactor offline and cause a nuclear meltdown, especially in places like New York with the, uh, I think it's the Indian uh, Creek or Indian River um, nuclear system, they could shut down New York City. They'd turn off all the power, and not only that, they'd have a nuclear fallout situation. Uh, which probably would put us into some sort of economic tailspin when you, if you were to wipe out New York City. Um, and uh, the fact that they're trying to hack those so they can do stuff like that is just staggeringly scary. Oh, I, most, most certainly. Um, and, you know, for the most part, um, those are high-value targets. I mean, for, from a, a foreign national perspective, you know, trying to engage in war. Um, you know, usually the a corner financial firm or mortgage companies is less of a value target. So if you make it obnoxious, I mean, you know, human nature is human nature. Hackers are lazy too. If, if you make it difficult for them, they'll just move on to the, the next weakest link mortgage company or, 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 you know, JP Morgan account or, you know, whatever, what have you. Um, and so that's why, you know, practicing good data hygiene is just so important. You know, I recently, uh, it's interesting we're talking about this this morning. Um, I think a day or two ago, after it was the morning after my puppy got stuck in the fence because she tried to push her way through, uh, I woke up just uh, with no sleep to people uh, pounding me on Facebook because someone had created it inside of Messenger, not inside of Facebook as a profile, but they 
created in Messenger a profile. And I guess in some of these third world countries with freefacebook.com, you know, Facebook's promotion, try and uh, be just cellular based because a lot of these countries are just cellular based. Um, and, and to have like a, a way for them to have an interaction with uh, Messenger and Facebook without having a full Facebook profile. I didn't even know you could set this up without having a full Facebook profile. Um, and so what happened to me a few days ago was uh, someone clearly in, in some third world country used freefacebook.com. They, they, they were able to, they, don't, they didn't have to create a profile on Facebook. They literally just somehow had Messenger using the text service and they copied my photo and then they started contacting all my friends saying that I was in trouble and I needed money. And they were talking about the IMF fund, which is and how they're getting a loan from the IMF fund, which is the International Monetary Fund, which if you Google it, it's a popular scam that these uh, third world countries use. Um, and so I had all these people pounding me going, hey, Chris, you're sending me screenshots. Is this you? Because, you know, and the guy was speaking broken English. So... Uh, clearly, it was probably a third world country, and I think they do part of the broken English as a litmus test or a or a, a sort of idiot pass. Like if you don't notice the broken English, that's that's kind of the way they save time at just going right to the suckers. Um, and so, fortunately, my audience is pretty tech savvy, and so they all tell went. Uh, I don't think this is <laughs> Chris. <laughs> like there's some of the screenshots are like this does not sound like Chris Voss, but. <laughs> Uh, what was interesting was Facebook hadn't done anything to prevent this, and the reporting of it was impossible because normally you can report a profile on Facebook, and you can you can say, okay, here's this person's profile; they're stealing my identity, you know, all that sort of good stuff. Uh, this was just in Messenger, and I was really alarmed and shocked to find that people could do that just in Messenger without having a profile, and there really was almost no way to report it. I couldn't go to his profile and find it. And um, so what's really nice is uh, some of my friends in Facebook, they uh, have, have have made it so the reporting's easier now. They just put out a post last night um, and addressed this concern. And I and they, of course, finally went after it. Finally, one of my tech-savvy friends took in, uh, finally got the Messenger link profile thing for it. And so we were able to start reporting it that way. Uh, but now Facebook has got a thing there, but yeah, it's just, it's just so scary how these guys can just work around any systems and they, and they look for, like you say, they look for vulnerable, um, um, either uneducated, uh, uh, people that, you know, just haven't been taught, like you say, through programs like yours that they need, you know, teach the employees not to do certain stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Most certainly. And I mean, there's, there's three basic things that to follow that put you ahead of the pack. One is, always ensure you have two-factor authentication enabled for any account that will allow it, which is most these days. Mm -hmm. The second is keep your work and your personal stuff separate. You, you don't need to be on Facebook on your work computer, um, and you don't need to download work files on your personal computer. Um, it shouldn't even be allowed. Just, just keep those two things separate. I mean, it's, you know, the equivalent of, I've got a five-month-year-old daughter. It's the equivalent of me saying, she's very important to me. I want to protect her all the time. Ah, let's put her in a group of strangers and see, you know, what happens. I mean, you know, hopefully all good things happen. But at the end of the day, um, that's really not something I want to test. So keep those two things separate. Protect what is important. Um, and if you want to go have fun, you know, go do that on your own. But don't do it, um, you know, with high-value uh, information in front of you. And the third thing is... Just be vigilant. Uh, yeah. You know, if something doesn't sound right, it's probably not right. And, you know, time and time again, you know, it's that just this once. It's it's too good to be true. Oh, a 1% mortgage. Um, you know, the, the, the adversaries in these cases, they, they know. They're not, they know that everybody's passed the $50 million lottery winner in Nigeria. They're now on to providing you a deal that's a little bit better than the average. And they, they're getting more and more suckers every day just by providing, you know, flat screen TVs at a couple hundred bucks below market. So, you know, just be vigilant. And, and with those three things, most people do pretty well. 
And, and we see this from just small employees. And of course, ransomware just must be a nightmare. I can't imagine owning a company getting ransomware and, and suddenly your whole company's on lockdown. But I mean, we see this without getting into the politics of it all the way up to, um, uh, you know, the Hillary Clinton classified emails. I mean, they had classified emails or something like that on uh, Anthony Weiner's laptop. And so do you really recommend that companies have maybe a separate, like you, like you were mentioning earlier, a separate business, separate uh, uh, personal, like separate phones, separate laptops, uh, maybe having a company laptop and phones so that they can take that back, like you say, and wipe it and make sure there's not an access point there? Yes. I mean, I, I don't think it's practical in this age to issue everybody a company cell phone in addition to their personal one. Um, but there's lots of software that you can put on to protect company email, even if it's on somebody's personal device. But certainly issue them a company protected laptop if they're dealing with any data outside of the office. Um, it, it's just, you know, good data practice 101 to make sure that somebody can't do something with all the right intentions and, and take down your whole company. And that brings to, to one really important point. By insurance, you never know what's going to happen, but you know the right cyber insurance will save your business. Seventy wow. percent of businesses that are hacked are out of business in six months. Seventy wow. percent. It doesn't matter the size, and we have seen some very large companies. They didn't, you know, they didn't go out of business in order to save face. They liquidated their company to another company and. You know, the, the press agents come out and they say that they were acquired and they make it sound nice, but in actual fact, they couldn't sustain business anymore. Wow. They had either lost the trust of their client base or some incredibly significant aspect of their business was compromised beyond repair. So buy insurance. Yeah, I mean, losing trust is so huge um, with companies. And, uh, you know, I was part of the Walmart hack. I, I don't know when it happened, uh, but it was, uh, I don't know, five or seven years ago or something like that. And it's still people ping that email. Uh, a couple of years ago, I, uh, I got an email that said, uh, Hey man, uh, in uh, the Alabama Walmart store, your, uh, your new iPhone is, uh, going to be waiting at you know, three o'clock today. And we charge, we're going to be charging a credit card. And at first I thought it was a joke. I thought it was like a hack, uh, like a phishing hack or somebody was trying to get me to click a link. And so I, I got a second one that they were preparing the order and I went, I better go check my thing. So I went directly to my account because um, I don't like clicking links, obviously. And sure enough, some guy off the thing had uh, gained access to my Walmart account, ordered himself an iPhone. Uh, thank God all the credit cards that were on the th I don't think I stored credit cards on that. But any credit card I had on there was like really old and outdated. Uh, and so I contacted the Walmart in Alabama where, uh, the local Walmart, where this iPhone was supposed to be picked up. And I even Googled the guy's address that he, he put into my system. Uh, and it was like, it was like one millionth main street or something. I mean, it was, you know, like Google maps went like what you're on drugs. Um, and, uh, and, and, and I told, I talked to the manager there and I said, Hey man, uh, you're going to have a guy walking in who's, who's hacked my Walmart account and you need to, you know, have him arrested or something because he's tried to uh, fraudulently purchase something on my account. And you would think they would care. You would think that Walmart would be like, Hey, you know, security is like a really important thing. And of course this is just a uh, manager of a store. He could care less, number one. And number two, he had no idea what to do with the information I was giving with him. I'm like, well, when the guy comes in, just arrest him. He, he hacked my account and bought a phone fraudulently. And he just like, you could tell that he had no training. He had no idea what to do with it. Um, and, you know, for all I know, he's just going to give the guy the phone anyway. <laughs> right. That's, that's kind of how it is. You know, everybody has to be, you know, just like you, Chris. They got to be their own policeman or woman. Yeah. You, you, you got to be. I mean, every email I get where it's like, click this link, you know, half the time if I get an email from my big accounts like Amazon or PayPal, I don't even click the links. I just go open a new uh, tab and put in the information. So uh, I try and save as, I try and save as, stay as safe as possible. But, you know, one of the problems is when you're on a computer, you can kind of look at the link in Gmail. You can see where it's going. You can kind of 
get an assessment. When you're on mobile, it's so easy to like either accidentally click the link or uh, you can't really see uh, where that link's going because you've got just that little screen. Sometimes you're half asleep or whatever. But uh, you definitely bring up some really important points when it comes to safety and security of the uh, company's assets. Most positively. I mean, you, you, you kind of hit it on the head there with the mobile thing. And that's why you're getting more and more text messages every day. Yeah, the text message thing is crazy. I mean, there's been a couple days lately where I'm getting three of them. And I, I use Google Voice, so I'm like whack a mole them and blocking them. Uh, there's the highest service that I'm using to help identify stuff, but that really doesn't help with the text messaging. But yeah, it's a constant variation of there's an issue with your Amazon account. Your Amazon seller account's been suspended. Click here. Um, and, and I mean, you just look at the links and you're just like, no, that's not going to happen. And they're, they're really good about making it tricky where they do the Amazon, you know, it's like a code and then dot amazon.com. They, they have all these variations of it. Um, and it's really crazy what, uh, what, what's going on with, uh, the peeing of, of, you know, uh, people trying to hack into the emails and, uh, it's just crazy. I mean, I, I at first I used to hate two factor identification cause I'm like, Oh God, I pull my phone and enter the stupid code and blah, blah, blah. And, and now it's just, uh, Hey, this is, this is the world we live in. This is what we got to do. My, my password seems to be just getting exponentially longer. I'm expecting it to be like 100 characters in, in 2025. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we come up with something better with passwords uh, by that time. We're, we're certainly getting there, but we're not there yet. Yeah. I'll have that chip in my eye that goes, enter your iris. <laughs> <laughs> something along those lines. So what are some what are some best ways as we wrap up that companies can do to protect themselves? What are some top tips that you recommend? As I mentioned, I mean, the, the three that I mentioned before are really, those are the best things for people, uh, you know, that run organizations um, or in leadership uh, positions and organizations to really enforce. Uh, but a couple other things, you know, to keep note, if you just as an individual want to be a little more vigilant, Credit monitoring services are, are worth their weight in gold. A lot of homeowners insurance policies now come with one. Um, so you don't have to pay anything additional uh, in order to get that service. Uh, it's extremely valuable, not just to monitor your credit, but to make sure that somebody else isn't monitoring your credit um, or trying to open accounts in your name. Uh, and the second thing is websites like Have I Been Pawned are very, very valuable. Just as you've done, Chris, you can pop your email addresses in there and they will automatically notify you if you have become part of a hack. Uh, and services, I think you mentioned you're a LastPass fan, there's Dashlane, there's lots of different tools out there to help you manage passwords and keep them separate. Uh, and, and that provides a very, very high level of security as well. Um, so, you know, protecting yourself as an individual is indeed just as important as protecting your company, but for any uh, you know business leaders that are listening with us today, really take a, take a fine look at your human firewall. Um, the IT firewall is very important and it should be done. That's a given. But the human firewall is really the area where you have the most potential for breach. I'm part of the human firewall. <laughs> <laughs> Not only am I employed, but I'm. But I imagine a lot of CEOs that are listening, entrepreneurs. Uh, board of directors, they need to take and uh, talk to companies like yours and and find out what they're, uh, you know, how what, what they've got set up, what they need to protect themselves. I think it's really interesting that you guys have a thing that monitors uh, how, how long people are on Facebook and all this sort of good stuff. I just recently sent my uh, uh, brother uh, the Disney Circle, and it kind of does the same thing. It's really, it's pretty amazing. It, it tracks what websites the kids are on how long they're on it, how long they're on Facebook. It actually gives them time limits for how they can do. Um, I remember years ago, I guess I won't name the company in this, but we get a lot of review units for phones. And uh, years ago, we'd, uh, we'd been given, uh, we, we get these phones and they're limited cards and all that sort of good stuff. And, and, uh, and, and we asked one day why a certain reviewer wasn't showing up to the review parties and the, and the phone launches anymore. And they said, oh, well, they were downloading massive amounts of data on their phones. And, turn, and we went, why would anyone, it was like 70 gigs or something they used on their phone. And we're like, why would anybody use 70 gigs on a phone? And, of course, we get the hotspots for them. 
And they went, well, they were downloading porn. So, so knowing, having a program like you, what you're talking about, knowing what employees are doing on their computers, how they're doing it, whether they're exposing themselves, I think is really important um, because you can know, you know, I, I from just from a productivity level on top of security. Um, and a lot of these, uh, you know, illicit porn sites, they have different hacks too as well where, uh, they can go in your systems, and and uh, I remember back in the day, you'd see these endless screens that would go across where they would keep opening browser windows and stuff. Uh, my mom will call me. Uh, I'm not saying she's on porn sites. I'm just saying on websites. She'll be on a website where this pop-up will come up, and it will say, uh, you know, you have a virus. Uh, click here to clean it, that sort of thing. And she'll call me and be like, do I click this thing for the virus? And my sister, of course, gets into those websites all the time, the coupon websites and the get free this and, you know, the Amazon free gift card, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I, I, again, all all significant threats um, and, and all threats that, that people should pay attention to. Sounds good. So, Kyle, give us your uh, plugs to your website so people can check you out and uh, see your company. Sure. Um, we are KDG. Uh, you can find us at www.kyledavid.com group.com uh, and check out HR help desk for $10 per employee per month. You can really have a service that will give you peace of mind, but also bring your team to a higher level of data security literacy uh, without too much work on your end. So we try and make it as friction free as possible, but it's, it's really an extraordinary program. We've, we've saved a lot of security breaches from taking Yep, and all you need is that one employee to, to expose and, and the way you go. And, and certainly education employees is much better. I mean, they really, it, it's gotten to the point where they really in school, you know, like high school or junior high or elementary school with these kids, because they all have phones at elementary school anyway. They have phones at two years old now. Um, but <laughs> they always need to teach, you know, cybersecurity in, in school, which they're not, of course. So uh, companies have responsibility to take care of it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for being on the show. We certainly appreciate the information, Kyle. Be sure to check out Kyle's website and be sure to go to Google Play, iTunes, so you can download and subscribe to the show, refer to your friends, neighbors, relatives, dogs, cats, and get everyone to listen to the show because God knows we need more show. Uh, and also go to youtube.com forward slash Chris Voss to that bell notification button so you can get all the wonderful in notifications on your mobile device. And they're actually ones from YouTube, but just check those links anyway. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. We certainly appreciate you guys and honestly, uh, And thanks to you who listened this far. We certainly appreciate you as well. Thanks for tuning in.